Hey folks, apologies in advance for my audio this episode, which is very inconsistent. My microphone just decided to glitch out again. But this issue has been fixed, so we won't have the same problems in future episodes. Okay, try to enjoy it, sorry. Three, two, one. Good afternoon, morning, evening, or night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I really we're, like that one. <laughs> we're Sardonicast. <laughs> I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. I'm Ralph from I Hate Everything. Oh my god. And I'm, I guess, Alex from John Media this episode. <laughs> oh. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Hooray. June. Woo! Uh, speaking of things that are gay, E3 happened <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> How do you guys uh, yeah. feel about E3? Did you watch it? Didn't watch it. I know Keanu no. Reeves was in it or was a part of it. Yeah, I was doing my Twitch stream. Yeah, I watched. Just playing games. I watched the Xbox uh, conference, conference, but that was it. How was it? Uh, not great, to be honest. Really, a lot of fluff in there. Yeah. Kind of dropped the ball, I reckon. Yeah. Because people were kind of hyped that, like, Sony not being there would, would give them a chance to fill the <laughs> void and, like, show something off. But. Yeah. <laughs> They they didn't particularly apart from you know like the Keanu Reeves thing that was probably the best moment. The what was that show. about? He's in the new. He's uh, in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Is that the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's the main character in the game or something. Oh, what? Who just came out on stage? Oh. I don't know if he's the main character, but he's in it. No, it's not the main like a main character. Oh, okay, like, was the impression I got. Okay. They also announced a new Xbox console, right? What? Well, they just teased it. Yeah, they. Like yeah, pretended they said re- it's coming out next year. Okay. These console generations don't last very well, long. Because they just can't keep up with the PC hardware. Exactly. Which is why, like, the whole Xbox One X and PlayStation 4 Pro, it was basically an excuse to just pretend not to release another console. Like, oh, yeah, we're upgrading it. They're just keeping the, the same... The thing, yeah. The same user interface and... They make... seem kind of antiquated now, considering yeah. like we're in the Netflix age of just streaming everything and how you can just watch Netflix or Amazon Prime on yeah. any device you have. Obviously, it's going to go that way in the future, but we just don't have the like internet backbone to quite deal mm-hmm. with the heavy lifting that streaming games... It would be laggy. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I think Google's trying to release some sort of stream a game from anywhere thing, but yeah. I just like, I wouldn't... I wouldn't want to rely on an internet connection. <laughs> it seems too early, yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. I don't know, like fiber internet e- exists. But you'd imagine that there would be a bit of a delay regardless. Like, where are the servers? Yeah, for sure. Did you watch, I guess you watched the uh, Halo Infinite trailer? Yeah, it was basically the only reason I watched the conferences for yeah. Halo stuff. Yeah, again, I was kind of disappointed. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> like, really show anything. It was just one of those manipulative, like, hey, you remember the sound when the when his armor powers up? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, man, Master Chief's back. Yay. It was, yeah. It was it really did the same thing that the previous trailer did, where it was just setting a tone and kind of yeah. showing the redesign. And that was it. It's like, what? Yeah. We didn't really learn anything. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's because they're so confident that they don't need to show it or because... We should be concerned about the development behind the scenes or not. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll have to wait and see, I guess. I've been lied to before <laughs> by 343 and Yeah, Discreece. it's kind of like fool me, fool me thrice now. Like, yeah. Maybe more. Shame on all of us. I feel yeah. like the 
Electronic Entertainment Expo is just one of many factors involved in how the games industry became the most anti-consumer and predatory entertainment industry there is. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not like movies or music, you know? There's so many It's because people literally cheer on, practice. like, all this awful stuff. Yeah. And it's also, like, tribalistic, too. It's like, I'll buy it because it's yeah. my console. The whole, like, it's like a sport thing, almost, yeah. the teams and the sides and how aggressive it gets. You don't release an unfinished movie and patch it. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was so amazed at the... <laughs> Unless you're George Lucas, Fallout, I guess. Yeah. According no, to uh, him. Fallout 76, when that w came out, and they like unveiled this new update they're doing, and everyone mm -hmm. was like cheering and clapping. And it's like, what? <laughs> you sold like Yay! a broken game a year ago. I guess we've just forgotten about that now. No Man's okay, Sky. Okay, precedent that way then. Yeah, Halo exactly. Master Chief Collection. Destiny. Man, yeah, I was actually way. playing the multiplayer a few days ago on MCC. I was like, holy shit. I'm in online matchmaking, and it's kind of working. It actually works kind of all right now. Yeah. Right? Isn't that crazy? It's only been like five years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Doom and Borderlands. Epic Store exclusive. Yay. Yeah, that's quite irritating, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's like it's like the same I, I'm upset at that for the same reason that I would be upset at you know, new streaming services just being like, Oh well, we're gonna make this exclusive and we're gonna try and compete like Disney pulling all their stuff off Netflix. It's like I don't wanna have to pay you know, I just want everything in one spot. I want everything conveniently in a yeah. place that I like. I don't wanna have to open several different applications to see my games library. Of course, but they don't care about what mm -hmm. you like. They want money. <laughs> we Fortnite. Ralph, did you see that uh, George R. R. Martin game with From Software that's being made or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's nothing out revealed. on it yet, though. There's no gameplay or anything. Well, right? I assume it's in, like, pre-production or something. They're just writing it. It was announced. It was something, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice. Instead of writing the Song of Ice and Fire books, he's doing yeah. that. <laughs> so none of us really watched E3. <laughs> No. There you go. Well, everybody. Really I watched it. It's like a yeah. cringe fest. <laughs> I just want to see the cringe yeah. compilations. Somebody else watch it, compile yeah, it for I me. I just want to watch Crowdcat's videos on them, and that's about it. I'll watch it after just the the highlight moments. That's all I want. You don't need to see the whole thing. Oh my god, my brother um used to be a huge like Apple fanatic, and so he he watches their conference thing every year. I was in Montreal yeah. recently, and he was kind of pressed for time, so instead he just went on YouTube and searched. Up, you know, like the condensed version, and I think, I think it was like the Verge's YouTube channel, just had, you know, point by point, like here's what's being released, and it was literally just clips from the conference, and it took like, I don't know, eight minutes <laughs> to watch, and he's like, why did I do this every year? <laughs> it's like you learn, yeah. you you know everything, it's just you don't have to sit through all this awkward showy bullshit. Just give me the summary. I love the awkwardness. It's my favorite part. Yeah. Like, did you ever see that Game Awards that had Joel McHale on it? That's like my favorite live thing I've ever seen. It's 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 such a clusterfuck. Oh, yeah. I, I have to recommend watching clips of it on YouTube. It's so embarrassing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love stuff like that. I guess that's all we have to say about E3 is that it's not interesting. Yep, it's just a train wreck. <laughs> it's just perpetuating hype culture. In the same line as... Uh, <laughs> I guess my comments on just the games industry being so anti-consumerist and predatory, like it's it's happened so many times where a game will be announced, they'll have like an E3 trailer, 
and then the game comes out and it's severely downgraded. You know, like they they have this yeah. super polished demo or video or whatever showcasing this Clanning game. Marines, yeah. Yeah, there's a, a YouTube channel called uh, Crobcat, C-R-O-W-B-C-A-T, mm-hmm. that has a bunch of uh, comparison videos. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned him earlier. He did like one on Watch Dogs. Yeah, and on just like the downgrades Six between. Siege, a lot of Ubisoft games. It's so funny. It's a very <laughs> valid thing to point out. Well, it's false advertising. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody get hyped. Like, you don't even know what the game's like. It's either It's either a demo that you can't trust... Or just a, a trailer that doesn't really show anything about the game. And it's just like, well, you like this universe, right? You like Master <laughs> Chief? That line at the end of the trailer was yeah. so cheesy. <laughs> no, we got to fight. <laughs> Something that we <laughs> didn't uh, talk about last time. The Cool Cat Saga continues with PewDiePie. PewDiePie made a Cool Cat review. And Daddy Derek didn't get mad at this one. No, because PewDiePie is so popular. Yeah, so, why? What's, what's happening? What's changed? He, I think he understands, yeah, it's the most, well, I guess now second most <laughs> subscribed YouTuber, right? And he's he's just thinking in dollar signs, like, how can I capitalize off of this? So he wants PewDiePie to be in Cool Cat Stops a sh- School Shooting, which is a movie that was supposed to have been made before with Monkey Jones. And they raised oh, yeah. like $10,000 on, on Indiegogo with people, you know, believing that Monkey was supposed to be in it. And then Daddy Derek changed the campaign <laughs> after the funds were collected and said, no, this is going to be a cooking Stranger Danger cool cat movie. And Monkey is not going to be in it, I guess. Like, so he just pocketed it. <laughs> yeah. So this is this will be the third attempt. To have a YouTuber in one of his films, and uh, it's not going to work. <laughs> Especially, you know, because it's public knowledge that the first two things happened. I was supposed to be in his gun safety movie, and then he did the same thing. Changed the campaign after the funds were already collected, which is kind of fraud. <laughs> kind of massively, yeah. 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 He doesn't know that, though. Did PewDiePie <laughs> respond to this? Um, I don't think he. Did. I don't think he responded publicly to it, but uh, no. I've been I've been filling him in on all the lore. That's <laughs> what I've been doing. So the lore. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's so much. Yeah. There's a whole. Yeah, you're not wrong. You could make a documentary out of this. It's so interesting. Could, Daddy Derek. He just needs to have like a a crazy ending. Well, the public pitch video Derek Savage made is easily one of the funniest things he's done. Oh yeah. Every time he posts a video on his channel, I download it just in case he deletes it because <laughs> because I just want to keep watching you have them. a whole folder of his videos on yeah. your computer. Yeah. All of his videos are golden and they're all very embarrassing. Man, when he when he was talking about PewDiePie's review and he was like, "Man, I just I just loved it. I was laughing so hard." And the example he gave to a part that he was laughing at was when <laughs> PewDiePie said, "I can't understand what this bully is saying." And Derek is just like, haha, yeah, we couldn't understand on set either. And I don't know if you guys saw the um, the red suit interview with Butch the Bully. But like, he literally said like, yeah, I had a speech impediment back then. <laughs> and so the one part <laughs> that oh, Derek finds really funny oh, is, is like, hey, this kid's got a speech impediment. And this is an actor he's worked but with. But he was a bully, so it's fine. 
Yeah, I don't understand Derek. Alex, you said you would have a question about this or something? Yeah, we had a question. Oh, about this? Subreddit oh. about it. Yeah, they were just saying basically what you guys have already said. In my opinion, this just seemed like he made a desperate attempt at kissing his ass for some exposure because he reacted so posit positively to PewDiePie's comments. Yeah. But was completely on the other side when Alex and Adam made videos with many of the same points. Well, he was on my side at first and then... Yeah, I ruined it. <laughs> and then I made my fair use video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's so much to understand. There's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. There's, there's a... no rhyme or reason to what he's going to do next. Just flip a coin. Yeah, that's why I would never meet him in person. It's because he's unpredictable. Too risky. Yeah. He's, and he'll be armed probably too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why other people need to continue attending the 420 Awards without us, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Wait, that's continuing? Well, I don't know. Like an annual there was, thing. What, like <laughs> yeah. 30 people for the first one. Depends if you made money, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. He said he said he wants to make it like the fourth largest awards show in Hollywood by like <laughs> five years in or something. He's actually deluded. But it's in Vegas, so how's he gonna do that? Yeah. Through our help. <laughs> <laughs> oh we'll, man. We'll make it happen. Here's what you need to do, Daddy Derek. You need to host the show in Hollywood. You need to rent out a theater in Hollywood because that's where all the celebrities are. Yeah. Take out a big loan. Rent out the biggest venue you can, and then people will flock to it. <laughs> if you want to impress people, that's what you got to do. Yeah, learn. <laughs> what are you playing at? What a saga. So, yeah, I guess, uh, <laughs> like, my, my concern would be if PewDiePie said yes, and then Derek would be like, PewDiePie's going to be in this movie. Everybody donate. And then he raises a significant amount of money and then changes it again, like he already did twice. It's really difficult because, like, I enjoy his content, and I want to support his content. But at the same mm -hmm. time, you can't trust any sort of fundraising pitch that he offers at this point because it's so <laughs> thoroughly documented yeah. that he just lies yeah. and changes things. <laughs> so you don't really know what you're donating towards, if anything. But I want to see more cool cat shit being made, but I can't I can't give him money. <laughs> but you don't know if that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Like Neil Breen, he always makes the movies he sets out what to make. What a saint. Mm -hmm. And so, like, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. He's a great filmmaker. But like Daddy Derek is not the same way. You can't trust him. People's art are a window into their soul. Daddy Derek is a man who fucks a cat and Neil Breen's a god. <laughs> <laughs> we should get him on the cast. Neil Breen? Come on, Daddy Derek. Oh. No, Daddy, well, no. Yeah, both, both of them. Ooh. I couldn't imagine <laughs> Have you ever spoken work. to him? Have I ever Have spoken, you ever actually to, spoken well, to him? I've talked to him on like, line. voice voice. No, I've never talked to him with my voice. Well, other than arguing in YouTube videos back and forth, <laughs> like right, you yeah. have. I feel like there could be humor um, if you could get somehow wrangle him into a. I. An interview. It's not <laughs> possible. It's not possible. I don't He's think it would ever work. Isn't he? Yeah, you can't trust him. Yeah, that's the problem. No. So I guess, but you can't. You can't have him responsible for recording audio on his end. First of all, that's true. Yeah, when he can't even figure out how to do a live stream for his event that he was planning for several months. Oh dear. Yeah, like you yeah, can't. That's a good point. You can't trust him with anything. <laughs> but I still love your movies, Derek, and I will continue. Yeah. To, I will continue to wear your merchandise. Continue to support this con artist. <laughs> we, uh, if we wanted to talk about one other thing before we did. Uh, the THX 1138 discussion. 
I do have in my notes one of the uh, things that we haven't really fully discussed on the podcast, and I guess it doesn't need to be like a huge discussion, is uh, the new Suspiria. It was on our list of things that we could eventually talk about. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, but... But we've all seen it. Yeah. Should we even try to start that one? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I guess we can. I really love the movie. I really love I the do movie. Too. Uh, yeah, same. I watched yeah. it. I think it's one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. I watched it a second time, and I, I, this was something that I kind of felt the first time watching it too. But I, I guess it just solidified my opinions a bit more the second time. It is a little long. As much as I love it, I think it could have been cut down a little. I think the pacing could yeah, have been improved. I could agree with that. Yeah. Is it a certain portion of the movie, like the first act or something? Yeah, it's That's what it I was guess for the me. first half of the movie. It's a slow burn, but sometimes it feels like what you're watching isn't really contributing to the uh, the actual burn. It's got a nice tone and atmosphere. I like the universe. Very awesome set design. Everything feels really authentic. The dance choreography is pretty yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I thought it was terrifying. I thought it was really frightening. The imagery and the, and the editing. The editing's like fantastic in the movie. I think that's what makes it. Yeah. Yeah, it does have some of that. Like, literally, so many fucking things that it could have gotten nominated <laughs> yeah, for. But it should have won for editing, honestly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the year of Green Book. Yeah. It Ugh. definitely should have been at least nominated for editing, perhaps Tilda Swinton's performance. As three people. Yeah. The soundtrack, <laughs> Tom York. I had no idea that he composed like all of it. I thought it was just the songs where you heard his voice. But I looked on Spotify and literally all of them is One just of the Tom best York. scores of the year. That's cool, yeah. Yeah. I remember watching it in theaters and without spoiling it, whenever the w- when it gets to the first kind of like death that you see, like very grotesque death. Mm-hmm. At that moment I was thinking like holy shit. Like it's been so long since I've seen a horror movie and been kind of scared by what I was seeing and being like yeah. uncomfortable and like holy shit that's like that's actually terrifying imagery it doesn't happen often at all that scene was fantastic yeah and it went on for mm. so long and, and they the go sound really far design with it like too. the crackling bones and <laughs> yeah it it uh, definitely does not hold back i've got it literally like i i can visualize the whole thing right now like that's that's the it's uh, very memorable yeah that's what makes a good horror movie is like you see it and then basically can't unsee it. <laughs> like you have something in your mind very specifically. It's not just some vague like, oh, this happened and this happened. It's like specific shots. Mm-hmm. Specific shots that actually leave a lasting impact on you. Should we issue a spoiler warning? Because there's a, I guess, I guess let's do a yeah, spoiler I'm warning. Yeah, kind of dancing around what... Yeah. You were talking yeah. about how like this movie goes all the way with it. Yeah. With every scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end ritual scene is fucking hard. Yeah, I was about to ask what you think the about that. The entire thing. Yeah. It's it's insane. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. Yeah. Dancing naked people covered in blood. <laughs> I guess crazy music and costumes. It, it's insane. I appreciate that it's different and it's not a carbon copy of the original. Yeah, it's and its almost own movie. almost like the polar opposite in ways, especially yeah. with like color. You know, color. The music's way more melancholy in this than like yeah. the old Suspiria music by Goblin, which was fucking loud and <laughs> lots of drums and that stuff. Yeah, I think the characters are better written and acted in this one. Yeah, like there's people this to attach onto. This film has a little to. more subtext to it. There's like feminist themes and the corruption of the witch coven, and the old character has a history with the Holocaust. There's deeper stuff going on 
uh, more so than yeah, the old one. Exactly. Would you Even say the old, the old one, one's a masterpiece? Yeah, I was going to say, is it still worth watching though? I haven't seen the original. Uh, yes, but it's definitely a trashy movie. I'm not big it's on a it. 1970s giallo. It's a very colorful horror movie, but the characters are idiots, <laughs> and and a lot of the sequences <laughs> are really that. yeah, they're fucking idiots, and it's a lot of sequences a are really cheesy. Yeah, I I honestly like I appreciate it for what it is. But I'm not big into the original Suspiria. I love the I remake, love though. both of them for their own reasons, but they're very different films. Yeah. I'm glad you're able to enjoy both of them. I don't think I would watch the original again. I was kind of bored by it. I think it's crazy that uh, I really wish I didn't know that Tilda Swinton was playing two characters before I saw it. Mm. It was just some random article that told me, and then I knew as soon as I was oh, watching okay. it. I didn't know that. But I know one of my friends like had no idea mm. as it was happening. That You teased it, didn't you, on one yeah, of the I episodes did. Like, months ago? Yeah, and I made sure yeah. not to say anything about it so that you guys <laughs> <Yeah>. could <laughs> <Yeah>. experience it <laughs> Yeah, that I way. had no idea when yeah. I was watching the movie. Oh, and so like, did the movie finish before you figured it out? No, it was it was bugging me so much that I just went on my phone and looked on IMDb mm. to see who the actor was because I was like, I've, I've never seen this person before and there's something about their voice that's like, you can this tell. voice was like yeah. high-pitched. Yeah. off-putting, yeah. Like, it's, it's just something weird. odd about it. And it was just... What was his name? Lutz Udendorf was the actor's name <laughs> they came up with yeah. for him. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, this director's previous film, I Am Love, in order to play the role, she learned both Russian and Italian so that she could speak Italian with a Russian accent. Wow. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's commitment. She's That's worked commitment, with him a few yeah. times now. They're definitely friends. You'd never really ex expect a uh, terrifying, brutal horror movie from the guy that made Call Me By Your Name, but here we are. There's definitely guess, yeah. a voice and a vision, you know? And it's so so rare to see that especially when you're dealing with like a reboot or a remake because those are almost exclusively done just exactly, to yeah. capitalize off of name recognition disney cough for me the thing and this are the best horror remakes i've ever seen oh yeah like, the totally 80s the thing not, do their yeah. own thing have their own style <laughs> like i can't think of two better examples yeah and i guess blade runner is not really a remake but but i guess in the same vein of just like oh hey previously existing property but somebody who actually cares is <laughs> isn't is in charge. I hope there are more films like it, even though there probably won't be, because the critical reception was mixed and it didn't make a lot of money. Yeah, and it's only got like a six point eight on IMDb. Yeah, yeah. I guess Very audiences mixed. didn't respond. There's literally no way to market it <laughs> towards the average film goer. Like, I'd like to see a twenty four try to make a trailer for it what they'd fucking do <laughs> you know they did like reaction videos to that first kill scene in the movie like oh look how disturbing this is and it doesn't really summarize the movie it's not like saw or something like that where it's yeah. just exploitation they, like that's not the movie it's part of the movie yeah. it's a scene in the movie but you can't you can't sell people on the idea that that's what they're gonna get the average audience member that you know, in order to market your horror movie towards if you want to make money, it's probably not somebody who's looking for like a thoughtful, slow experience <laughs> for a horror movie. You know, you can't. Yeah. Like, who is it? Who is it for in a way? Just a few people, I guess. Apparently, like most of the total gross of Hollywood comes from like 
five yeah. percent of movies, which is like usually like Jurassic yeah, World. Now it's yeah, just Marvel Disney owns most stuff. of those. You know, so you need the movies like that to keep the industry going. Otherwise, the whole thing falls apart. Mm-hmm. Oops. <laughs> but there's also room for movies like Suspiria that are fucking crazy. Yeah, and do things that no one's ever done before. So yeah, as long as uh, Disney doesn't push all these things out of theaters. <laughs> but I guess that's what I don't think they online will. streaming is for now too. There'll always be a way to watch yeah. it. And there's always a market for indie films and indie theaters. Yeah, well, where I live in the country, I mean, getting to find the film in the theater was basically impossible for me unless I wanted to go yeah. way into a city. So it's already that way for a lot of people, yeah. I think, with more out there indie movies. You just got to wait. A lot of people just have to time. wait till it's like exactly, out. Yeah. A lot of these foreign films I don't even see till two years after they come out. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you just have no way them. of being able to watch them. Yeah. yeah. I like living in Vancouver. It has a really good selection for like foreign and independent films. Yeah, there's quite a few New different Canada. theaters. LA has it too. Yeah, Montreal is like LA that. <laughs> yeah, and then also <laughs> film festivals help out a lot. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's pretty much where I see most of my favorite movies of the year <laughs> in theaters, at least. Yeah, the ones I see in theaters. Did we have anything more to say about uh, No, I think it's great. You should all give it a shot. Five out of five. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen it in a long time, so I can't really remember a lot of it. I'm going to have to rewatch it. But yeah, um, striking movie. Yeah. I'd recommend I'd it. I'd probably give it an eight out of ten. Too low. <laughs> yeah, I think I gave it the same. Eleven out of ten <laughs> would be a better score. <laughs> Speaking of film festivals, I forgot to talk about Cannes on the podcast. I was a yeah, Cannes film festival. It was my second year. It was was crazy. Crazy good? Out of all the film festivals there is, this one's the least about fun. (laughs) You know? It's it's not about having a good time. Like there's no there's no popcorn or drinks at the theaters. You know, Mm -hmm. there's some there's some screenings where like even before the movie, it's like fifteen minutes before the movie, they just like they won't let you out to use the washroom because it's like, oh no, we're trying to fill the seats. Like, man. (laughs) And it's so stressful too, because like all of the all of the badges you have, <laughs> they're on a lanyard with like this tiny little uh, releasable clip, and I'm just I just look at that thinking like that's probably there so that a staff member can take it away really easily if you do something stupid, right? You know, <laughs> like there's this constant constant worry of like oh my god am I gonna do something dumb and get my badge taken away? Oh right. <laughs> if you see a if you see like a celebrity in the uh, the main building, the uh, Palais du Festival, you're not allowed to like stop and take a photo with them, which makes sense. And it's a good rule because it would just block traffic and like they have places to be. Mm-hmm. They're part of the jury. I saw Benicio Del Toro last year and I gave him a, a nod <laughs> and he nodded back. And that was, know about- oh, nice. that was the extent of our uh, <laughs> communication, but it was very satisfying. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, All the standouts then. Oh, yeah. Easily my favorite movie of the festival uh this year was um the lighthouse the new uh robert edger's movie the director of the witch yeah i can't wait for this yeah yeah that was his first film and i enjoyed it i enjoyed the witch for sure i wasn't like so blown away by it but there was an idea of like okay he's obviously got some talent there's obviously a lot of potential here this is his first film and you can definitely tell this guy's talented the lighthouse is 
actually a masterpiece. It's like it's insane. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's it was one of the most like satisfying movies I've seen in a while. It's a ten out of ten. It's horror, is it for me? Um, Would you say it's like frightening, or what kind of horror are we talking? It's psychological horror. There are nice, okay. much like I was saying with Suspiria. There are visual. There, there's there's definitely imagery that I have in my mind. <laughs> you know, where mm-hmm. I'm just like, there's specific shots, even after only seeing it once, where I'm like, that was an awesome shot. That was an awesome shot. There's a, there was about like seven different moments in the in the screening when i was just like i found myself just like nodding like yeah that was great that was like like that was exactly mm-hmm. what should have happened there like that was very satisfying and what's crazy about it is like it is a it is a psychological horror but it's also got comedic elements to it like not not even like oh, yeah. subtly like straight up there's comedy in this movie and it's mixed so well it's it's so balanced and it doesn't detract from any of the serious scenes any of the dramatic scenes or these scary scenes like it doesn't detract from it whatsoever but it's really funny it's got uh Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson and uh great costume yeah. the entire thing is black and white Seems like it was probably shot on film. It's got like a 1.19 to 1 aspect ratio, so almost a square. And the whole thing is just pretty much just a contained single location awesome movie. And it just somehow works so well. Sounds great. Willem Dafoe is is like a parody level seaman. (laughs) Like he talks, he he, he goes like full (laughs) Captain Ahab. And he he does it so really? well. It's probably my favorite performance from him. Really? Yeah. He's got the look too. He looks perfect. If he doesn't get nominated for an Oscar for this, which he probably won't because it's a horror movie or whatever, it's just like, come mm. on. It's his best performance. He does it so well. Perfect casting. He's been making a comeback recently. He's in a lot Willem of Defoe, stuff. yeah. The Florida Project, he was amazing too. Yeah, he got nominated for that. He got nominated for the uh, Van Gogh movie last year. Yep. He's like, he's ranking in the nominations. He's doing a great job. Very incredibly satisfying movie. Yeah, can't wait. Second favorite from the festival, uh, Parasite, new Bong Joon-ho. Uh, it won the Palme d'Or. Yeah, I want to see that one too. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm glad he's making Korean movies again. His English ones are good, but just not as good as his Korean ones. How about um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I, I'm yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to see it. Um, it wasn't playing while I was there. So even oh, okay. though oh, while yeah. I was there, yeah, so I wasn't there for the whole festival because I was a part of the Three Days in Cannes program. But right. even though I selected the three days where, you know, on the Saturday they do reruns from all the competition films. So theoretically it should have been playing on the Saturday. But I think the reason why they didn't uh, play that one again is because Quentin Tarantino and his uh, 35 millimeter or whatever, like the film projection... So, mm. yeah, it, it. I I think there was only one theater capable to to play it, and it was like the main one that was doing other things that day. Okay. So, um, that's probably mm-hmm. why they didn't play it again. But that one's coming out yeah, soon exactly. anyway. I was curious about I'm it. I'm not like super disappointed. Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah, the ones that I could have seen that I wanted to, I did. I got a standing ovation apparently. So. Oh yeah, did you see that video? 
of the standing ovation where the cameraman's like way too close <laughs> to, to the actors and it's just super uncomfortable and it's just people oh, really? clapping for like two minutes looking super awkward. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh man, you got to watch that video. I'll send it to you later. The only other one I really wanted to see but wasn't really able to because it wasn't playing while I was there. It only had like one screening. There's a new Gaspar Noé movie. Oh, yeah. With, uh, Lots of target. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's really short or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like an hour, not not even an hour. It's like less than an hour, yeah. but still technically feature length. It's got Charlotte Gainsbourg, and I think Karsten Rehnquist saw it, said it was awesome. We'll see whenever I get to see that one. I made sure during this festival that I was just like prioritizing the ones that I wanted to see and not trying to fill up as much time as possible seeing as many movies as possible because if there's things that are just like oh i could see this and fill up some time those usually don't turn out well those usually don't turn out well <laughs> and when i'm when i've got a nine hour time zone difference and i'm only there for a few days i don't want to be staying up late <laughs> watching things that i'll regret you know when i gotta wake up yeah to to catch a a three hour long terrence malick movie at nine in the morning you know i don't <laughs> i'm not gonna be <laughs> I don't want to be falling yeah. asleep during those. So I only saw six movies in the three days. But it's also important to note that uh, for The Lighthouse, I lined up three and a half hours early. The people that lined up two hours early did not get in. <laughs> and uh, wow. for Parasite, I also lined up three hours early. So there's a lot of waiting in line, too. Something else I have to remember. So but six like, hours just for those two movies. Yeah, over six hours. Whoa. But worth it because those were the, those were the ones I needed to see. Those were the ones that where I'd be like yeah. kicking myself if I had the opportunity to see them and I didn't. Right. Yeah. And I guess the other movies I'll I'll talk about in my quickies or whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah it was a fun festival. I enjoyed myself, and now that I'm 28 years old, I can't do the three days in Cannes program anymore. So I have to apply for some sort of like press accreditation, I guess. So that'll be interesting. What the cutoff is twenty eight. Yeah, it's twenty to twenty eight year olds for the three days yeah, in Canada. Really cool they just started the program last That's year. Quite weird. So hmm. it's for it's for young people. It's to you know it's like free free passes. All you have to do is write them a letter and be like, Hey, I love movies. <laughs> Pretty much obviously word it better. Oh, right. <laughs> be a bit more professional <laughs> in your letter. But um I mean that was pretty easy for me to do and then apparently the more times you you actually attend the festival, like the more likely you are to get invited back. So hopefully my two years doing the three days at Cannes thing will mean that I'm able to get the press accreditation a bit oh, easier. Yeah, yeah. One thing I forgot to mention, part of the um, stress of the festival was, uh, I mentioned, uh, I guess last time we recorded, that I um, I had this very small window where I had to pick up my badge uh before the office yeah, closed yeah, yeah. and me like my flight getting in that was stressful but i didn't i i i made it in time to pick up my badge but i didn't make it in time to pick up the special invite for this screening early the next day because that closed the window to pick that up was was earlier but i was able to cancel the invite on my phone like within the last 10 minutes when i realized i wasn't oh, gonna good. make it because if you don't cancel your invite and you don't pick it up, 
then they basically blacklist you from getting future invites. They're like, we're, we're going to make it very difficult for you to ever get an invite again. But they allow you to cancel mm-hmm. it up until the last minute. So, you know, a lot of stress, a lot of fun. Crazy experience. Would recommend. Do we want to do the uh, George Lucas discussion? THX1138. THX1337. The George Lucas named his some sound company yeah. THX afterward. Yeah. You know, the famous. I was wondering why it was called that. But... Yeah, classic. <laughs> so, THX1138 is a film by George Lucas. Takes place in a dystopian future where everyone's mind is monitored 24 7. There's no individuality. And the lead character, THX, played by Robert Duvall, tries to escape. But I think this movie is kind of a masterpiece, but mm-hmm. also has some issues, which we'll discuss. Yeah. More so having to do with him um, changing the movie when yeah. he re-released it. I, right. I, in honestly. 2000s. <laughs> so the, the version that you watched before you recommended this, was that the original version? No, it was the remastered edition. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, because like, my issue is that he calls it a director's cut. You shouldn't call it a director's cut <laughs> if you're going to be changing so many things with 2004 c- computer graphics. Yeah. Like, that's not a director's cut. Call it a remastered or special edition or yeah, whatever you yeah. want to do. It's, it's the yeah. biggest yeah. issue with the like, movie. Enhanced edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does such a disservice to the film. It does. I wasn't expecting it. I think some... Very few it times really it was you kind of fitting, and I liked it. Like, there's, like, shots of him walking in the facility, and they, like, CG, like, a background to make it look a bit more uh, grand, and they add, like, elevators. Yeah, one or two yeah, of those were okay. One or two of those were right. Um, yeah. But overall, it was really distracting. I just, I want the authentic experience. Like, because if we're going to be talking about a movie, it's like, I would prefer to be talking about the movie that people saw in the 70s. This is something different. Yeah. Because it would also be a better film. Yeah. It's, <laughs> those, those clips that are added in. Yeah. Yeah. But this is his Yeah, and this is like latest, the only one you can find anywhere. This is the cut he wants people to see. You know, this is Which his is just cut. trademark George Lucas. Like, yeah. it would be one thing yeah. if, he, if he released it this way, because obviously he wants it to. But then, like, you know, give a special feature on the Blu-ray and just be like, hey, the original cut. You know, like Blade Runner Blu-ray. There's like four cuts on that thing. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. just do that. Why? Why? Why don't you want to people to watch the original? And there's different cuts of this movie on the Blu-ray too. Like there's one with no music. It's just the sound design of the movie, which is probably the best. Part oh yeah, of it. yeah, I would agree. Um, but yeah, he, could, he should have done something like that. And he's done the same thing with Star Wars. He just releases the new versions, the CGI riddled ones, mm-hmm. where he adds a bunch of shit that doesn't need to be there. And he's like, this is the only one we're going to sell. It, yeah. And you got to like, you got to go online and torrent an HD copy of Star yeah. Wars, the original cut, if you want to watch it that way. Yeah. Upscaled from a laser disc or something. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because like the remaster on this movie is stunning. Like the, the look of the movie looks like a modern day movie. It doesn't look like a movie from 1971. Mm-hmm. I think it looks fantastic. It's just they add all this shit that's really distracting and adds nothing to the movie. Yeah. There's like a him driving down the road in one shot with it CGI. It all looks so cheesy. That looked terrible. The monkeys at the yeah, end. Yeah, what was the fuck? What was that? I was just shouting that at my TV. I was like, what the fuck yeah, is I'm this? Like, what are you doing, <laughs> George? 
But then That's the like actual half of my notes in the tunnel for this is film. fantastic. The sound and the look of the tunnel and the car, it's fucking amazing. But they add all this other shit that just detracts from the experience. The majority of my notes for this film are just calling George Lucas a prick. It's like, <laughs> it just... It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It, it just destroys it. <laughs> like, the visual consistency is just completely... <sighs> yeah. His justification, from what I understand about why he does this is he's like, oh, well, if we had the technology back then, then I would have made it this way, right? But then he does but, things uh, like making Han shoot second. It's like, well, did you, what? You couldn't, you couldn't have done that the first yeah, time? I looked, I, I, as soon as I started noticing that there was modern, well, I guess 2004, so dated at this point, <laughs> yeah, CG really in this film, as soon as I started noticing it, I was like, okay, well, I have to figure this out. So I looked online and I saw like, this website that compiled all the comparisons. Yeah, it's uh, movie-censorship.com. <laughs> and as soon as I started realizing just all these different things that were changed, I just I lost so much respect. Because in line with that justification of saying, yeah, well, if we had the technology back then, I would have done it this way. One of the things he changed was like the opening credits. He changed it from white text to green text. And that was before before I even noticed that there were any changes, before I knew that this was a thing. That was one of my notes in the film. I was like, that's an interesting decision. The green text crawling up backwards, you know, re reverse credits in the film. I thought that that was interesting. I liked the green text aesthetic. And then I realized that, and I have to go back and change my notes and be like, oh, George Lucas is a prick. You know? Like, what, they didn't invent green text in 1971? That the technology wasn't there yet? What do you mean? You can't just go back and change all that shit and pretend like you would have done it anyway when there was nothing stopping you like when when the when the they added the 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 eyeballs of the guy when when they're doing the mind control thing and it's like that's stupid stupid looking rolling back eyes animation and then i look on this website and i notice that like in the original he was just looking forward what they didn't invent actors that could look up in 1971 what <laughs> like what are you what are you talking about george I, it's so sad because like I I was walking into this movie with the understanding or at least the impression that this was something that you wanted to show to prove that he's not a hack and I just wound up hating him <laughs> even more by the end of it. Like, no, this is, this solidifies how much hack. of a fucking prick but he is. I'm glad we're talking about the CGI because I do agree with you. It's the worst part of this movie and it's, it's very distracting. It's easily the worst part and it's I just I don't feel like I've watched the authentic film. I don't yeah. feel like I've watched the real movie and I don't feel like I can trust anything, you know? Like, I agree with you that the the sound design is one of the best parts of the film, but now it's like, oh, well, I'm apparently watching a super edited special version. Is the sound design I'm listening to the same as it was in 1971? How can I give it credit mm -hmm. for that if this is like the, the 2004 version? I can't trust anything that's happening, you know? <laughs> it shows such a lack of respect for like his own artistic integrity to me. Like, a painting is good because of the permanence of it. You can see yeah. every brushstroke. If you could just, you know, touch a button and delete them, like these famous galleries, they wouldn't be impressive or important because, like, it would mean nothing. And that's what he's doing to his movies because, like, th that is the appeal of the movie. You want to see what he was up to before he invented Star Wars, yeah. right? That's the, only, that's the main reason people are going to be going back and watching th this film. But, <laughs> but he Star wars it. It's so it's so emblematic of the time too the yeah. the film itself and the story he's telling and just yeah. to to change it in 2004 granted it doesn't change anything that messes with the themes or the tone of the movie really it's just these awful visual effects that had nothing and are just distracting I want to see 
people basically revive Leonardo da Vinci using some DNA. And the first thing he does is he goes to the Louvre and he scribbles on a unibrow on Mona Lisa and is like, perfect. Like, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's a lightsaber. <laughs> gives her a tattoo. <laughs> it's so annoying. It, it's so sad because like... It's very frustrating. It, it's, yeah. it's taken over the discussion, but it's inevitable. Yes. Like this is this is what we're talking about because that's no, yeah, that's definitely that's the most controversial the movie. thing about that's it. That's the most noticeable aspect of the film is just how much he ruined it. <laughs> I want to know what it was like before. Now, this is where I disagree with you that all of this ruins the movie. It ruins totally my experience. Both of you. I don't There's think it some ruins things the that I really appreciated. I think there is moments where this, the visual effects are really distracting. But I think most of this movie is pretty fantastic. And I think the performances are terrific. Yep, great I love performances. The, the tone of it. I love the yep, atmosphere agreed. and the sound. The sets are fucking fantastic. I love this look yeah. of the future. Yeah. yeah. Where it's just, it looks like the future and it's very sterile. But there's nothing about it that's that would require much money. Yeah. You know, Low like budget, it kind of looks like concept. parking garages and like these mm -hmm. cement blocks yeah. and underground facilities with lots of wires and pipes. I love the prison setting. I think that was my favorite scene, my favorite yeah. sequence. Just this, white, like this white, white room. emptiness. It's very abstract. Yeah. The subject matter it's of the creative. movie and like the symbolism when he's talking to when he's like in the church booth basically i guess that's what i call it and he's talking to the the photograph of jesus yeah, like that's fucking brilliant and and so emblematic of the mm -hmm. time and our our relationship with religion yeah. i think stuff like that's so brilliant and i can't take that away from him i think so much of this movie is just fantastic and original yeah you can't take it away from him but he will yeah <laughs> yeah, he will exactly. That's the most frustrating part. Is like the audience has to defend his fucking horrible decisions <laughs> after the basically the seventies. Yeah. As, yeah. As soon as CG became like kind of usable, he's like, "Well, we made it." What I find shocking at this point is like, if this is how he he functions, if this is how he operates, and he's constantly being like, "Oh, this could be better," why doesn't he do that again now? Like, he owns the rights to THX-1138 still, presumably. He doesn't to Star Wars. Re-release this now. It won't look as dated. If you really want, why aren't you doing that now? Like, apparently he thought that 2004 was perfect for, for CG. <laughs> apparently he thinks there's yeah. no issues with that. Because if this is what you're doing, if this is your mentality, then theoretically you should be fixing it again, right? Unless you think it's perfect now. Release two different versions or something. Let me see what it was yeah, like. At least give us a choice. I don't understand yeah, why he doesn't want issue. people to be able to watch it in that way. It's so weird. You already released it. You were clearly comfortable with it at one point. It's not. It's not like we're watching like some leaked, unfinished <laughs> product. He released it, mm -hmm. and then he took yeah, it away. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Back in the it's Disney vault. <laughs> For me. Uh the most enjoyment I got was like the irony of it being this great antithesis of Star Wars. Like it really is the complete opposite. It's a slow, like thoughtful science fiction, like anti-consumerism movie. <laughs> it was a release right before literally the opposite, like dumb space fantasy mumbo jumbo. I thought that that aspect was fascinating yeah. to me, and like just imagining like his, just how he w would have been like as a filmmaker and a person, and how like it's it's always like the way, isn't it? Where when you're younger, you're just more 
what's the best term? Good. <laughs> yeah. You, you, also, you, you, you want to be more sort of altruistic, I guess, and more yeah. like, I'm telling a story for the story's sake, nothing else. You know, so it kind of, you can tell he's really trying to say something yeah. a lot more than what he became afterwards. There was some passion there. Yeah, and it, yeah, it had a lot of like, sort of, it's another one of these movies to add to the list of countless films yeah. we've covered on Sardonicast now, where it's like, you can you can see like the, the imagery and how, you know, ahead of its curve and inspired by all these classic pieces of literature it was that we've seen yeah. just over the decades in science fiction specifically so a lot of it is familiar it was very orwellian and exactly yeah and uh, i don't know if you felt this way um but i i you know for 1971 it was you know it it, it does seem pretty ahead of its time in some ways i got some uh like system shock 2 vibes from it and i'm wondering if maybe oh, yeah. perhaps you know, a lot of other pieces of art were inspired by by this. Well, it, it really made me think of that game Inside. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Sorry, played that? It really reminded me of that, mm -hmm. which is obviously a positive. I think that game's fantastic, yeah. Mm -hmm. I really love that shot at the end We're during the credits. I think that's a fantastic shot. But I look at it, I'm like, it was it the same in 1971? <laughs> I, I love the use of monitors in this. They they cut to them a lot, and there's always this feeling that the characters are always being watched, and that's very creepy. I, I love that, and it's also kind of it's kind of what what happened yeah. in the world now, how we're all being watched by like the security cameras and traffic cameras, and <laughs> like the people hacking the mm -hmm. hacking in the laptop cameras and yeah, all that with it stuff. Being Orwellian, it, it's usually just a reflection of. Uh, <clears throat> a reflection of things that already exist in society that, if exaggerated, would turn into that sort of dystopian universe. Dated effects from the 70s are so much more charming, and they would fit oh, yeah. with the rest of the exactly. film. If so, Even if something looked like bad, even if it looked like it could have been a better effect or something, you can watch a film from the 70s and be like, okay, well, yeah, you, you forgive it. Mm -hmm. It has some historical like, context is... to it that makes exactly. the piece more interesting. It's, it's, just, it's that technology obsession that he has. He always wants to be proving that he's like pushing things. That's what that whole like re-release to early two thousands yeah. like DVD editions thing was about. It was just him flexing like, look, we can improve so much, not realizing that <laughs> it would be really dated in a few years. I cannot believe that he would sign off on that shot. With the eyes rolling back in the guy's head. Because it looks like garbage. It looks so bad. It was those dog was things that really did it for me. What, like, those what are you monkey thinking? things or They're whatever. So those... tonally, yeah. Yeah. So bizarre. It's like, why are they there? It, they might just not have been there. You know, he throws a bunch of aliens into the Star Wars movies, you know? It's like, oh, there's another alien walking by here. Yeah, he could, it got to a point where he couldn't even stay consistent with things he wanted changed. So he changed something, then a few years later. On the next release, he changed it again. He just kept going back and forward. <laughs> I can't think of another film studio or director that has gone back and redone their movies in this way like he has. Disney does it. Most people know it's, you know, stupid. Disney has done it a few times. That's to hide their, like, mistakes, isn't it? <laughs> a, lot, a lot less noticeable, a lot more minor changes. So, like, in The Lion King, 
there was a controversy because when Simba lays down after he's sad and then the dust and you can see the it spells out the word sex or something. So they got <laughs> they they just yeah. added more dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are little things though. You can't even notice that shit. Well, yeah, exactly. Like but it's I a mean, bit like, more subtle with Disney. Just, what if there was like uh, like three D CGI lions in the line? Well, we'll <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I would prefer that they remain authentic. I would still prefer, yeah, even well, if it's yeah. more subtle with Disney. It's like ah, come on, mm-hmm. you know. There's that Fantasia one that we talked about. <laughs> the super racist yeah, shit. Yeah, the racism kinda, they want to hide. That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> um, yeah, like in the in the Lion King, there's some like there's ones that are understandable because like you know with um, animation, sometimes when there's a layer that's like a background, and then there's a layer of you know part of the rock that's about to fall and you can tell it's about to fall because it looks different than yeah. the background so they like they the changed a bit of that they sh- yeah. they changed the shading when when the you know they're running away from the hyenas that it's like okay i can understand that but then there's another shot where it's like during the um the just can't wait to be king they completely redid a shot of like the alligators or crocodiles or whatever they are when they're singing they used to be they used to be like in a circle <laughs> and now they, they were like parallel lines next to each other. And it, I, I'm like, why did you change that? It didn't look bad before. Is, is what it was noticeable? That? I noticed it. It's like, it's completely, I mean, no one would notice this unless they're very familiar with how it used to look. So like I have the VHS yeah. and I'm like, oh wait, that's different. That's what's so egregious, though, about like what George Lucas did to this movie in particular. Exactly. You can't not notice it. Exactly. It jumps out. It like change. It's like t- another movie. You know, like uh, when you're editing a video, if you accidentally drag a clip into mm-hmm. like the first layer, so it just randomly shoves something else in. It feels like that. Yeah. Like just another project is being played for a few seconds, then it just mm-hmm. disappears and goes back to the thing you want to see. Yeah, it's like some some animation student just <laughs> doing this for fun. Like a, a fan project, yeah. yeah, that's how exactly. it feels. I was still able to appreciate parts of the movie, even if the biggest takeaway was just me being pissed off at George Lucas. <laughs> that was like the most consistent <laughs> well, yeah. emotion I experienced during the film, was like, I hate you. <laughs> Why did you do this? I wish there was a way to watch the 1971 cut in HD, but this is the Blu-ray release, this is the director's yeah. cut, this is what George Lucas wants us to see. And we're gonna judge it. As yeah, but that. you can't to this, right? This is the cut he wants it's not us the to same see. Movie. It's the director's cut. Yeah, it's difficult for me to give this a number at all because I don't feel like I watched the movie. Really? <laughs> I don't feel like I watched the movie that I thought I was gonna watch. I just I didn't even rate it on IMDb. I don't know what like because on IMDb really? it says it's a film from 1971, <laughs> but it, but it's not. There is part of me that thinks this movie is great, and I think it would deserve a 5 out of 5, but George Lucas added in all this special edition CGI nonsense, and I think that drags the score down a lot to a 4 out of 5. And I wish I could see the original cut in HD, because I I would probably give it a better score. I would give it 3 stars out of 5. That's fair. I think if I could watch the original one, it could potentially go up to three and a half or four star, but I just yeah. I just can't in good faith with despite how much like I like the the pacing of the film, like it didn't linger. Um, yeah, all the themes and the 
the sets and everything. Yeah. But it's just it's too much. It's too much with the added stuff. I just I just want to know what's what, George. Just please let me. I want to see your original work. I want to respect your original vision. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is something else. You're you're a different person when you came back and edited the film. I you've want to see changed, what you, you were like as an artist back then. Yeah, you've changed, man. Get you've out changed of here. everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is my. Uh, I'm I'm abstaining from rating this film. Damn. Yeah, Sardonicast first. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I think it's about time for questions. Head over to the Sardonicast Reddit, where Ralph will leave a usually quite funny and quirky thread to leave your little comments in. We've got plenty of good ones. Not funny at all. Swimming in like a cave in Mexico or whatever. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Am I a clown to you? (laughs) You You looked very happy with yourself. When you recorded that video, <laughs> yeah, it looked you like you were well, having some fun. I was with other fun. people, and they were like, "What the fuck are you oh, doing? You just, You're swimming in an ocean." You whipped it out like, and with, with started your phone, going like, <laughs> "Ask questions on the Reddit." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "What a fucking retard!" T. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, Alex Marum Eleven can start us off this time, saying, "What is your least favorite aspect of your favorite film?" Which is a good question. Something bad about your favorite film. When Axon says that his chamber of a thousand testicles was complete, he also said that there were a thousand other men. So wouldn't that be 2,000 testicles? The Holy Mountain. That's the only issue I have. <laughs> well, the dialogue. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know. Can, can you blame the, do, do you blame Hodorowsky? I guess. It's just, <laughs> I mean, like, it just, it's, it seems like a, an error. Because it's like each each yeah. each man yeah, has two testicles. That happens. Things like that happen. But it's really exactly like it's my favorite movie. Obviously, it means nothing in terms of like an actual criticism. It, every movie has little things like that. Yeah. I love this movie, Black Hawk Down. It's a pretty good uh, war action movie. Mm-hmm. But there's like a part a car drives by and you can see the cameraman in one of the cars nice. from like a different angle. <laughs> he's like he's got like a white t-shirt on and everyone else is fucking oh, dressed yeah. in camo. It's like, oh, that's clearly a cameraman. Those are some of my favorite <laughs> goofs is like seeing crew members. Yeah. <laughs> that's always fun. <laughs> like shadows of the usually camera or the boom mic. That's a thing that happens. The hard part of the question is that it's supposed to be your favorite film. That's what, yeah. yeah. At least, it's so what, take one of the four. <laughs> yeah. One of the yeah. four that you have uh, on Letterboxd, for example. So take something from there. His new favorite film is Black Hawk Down, though. <laughs> I was just using that as an example. Yeah, Black Hawk Down is my favorite movie ever. <laughs> um, I don't know. Damn. What about like Under the Skin or something? I can't think of anything wrong with Under the Skin. There's probably something wrong with it. It's probably like a continuity error or something. I think Goodfellas <laughs> has a few continuity errors. But I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Goodfellas isn't entirely historically accurate to what really happened. I do yeah. have that issue. A lot of it's fabricated. But again, it's a, it's a narrative fiction movie, so I don't care that much. Yeah, it's a story. Yeah, some people complained about that with Chernobyl when that came out. That it wasn't right. like uh, it's yeah. entirely historically accurate to what really happened. Like they made up this character that's supposed to embody like the work of a hundred other scientists, but it's a fucking show. Right. It's like yeah. yeah, this needs to. It's a narrative. It needs to make sense, and we need to have a character beat here. Yeah. So sometimes have, you need like, to do that. Characters do that is stupid. In order to yeah. make a, a story that's watchable, but exactly. in movies like Bohemian Rhapsody, where they didn't need to do that, that's when it bugs me. Yeah. What about you, Alex? Um, 
It's one I've debated with myself, obviously. Mm-hmm. So out of my four I've got on Letterboxd, I'll, I'll choose I'll choose the Big Lebowski. It's one there's one scene that kind of makes me just go hmm, a little bit. And it's where uh, Walter pulls out the gun on the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. It's a funny scene, but something about it for me almost goes a bit too far. Yeah. When the whole film is supposed to be like a little, it's kind of a self-contained story. It's, it's not going for anything like crazy with like murder and conspiracies and stuff. It's supposed to be like just dudes hanging out for the most part. <laughs> and that, that's that's one bit where it sort of goes a bit too far for me. But it doesn't bug me too much because they don't just like establish it and then there are no repercussions. Like it, it does have repercussions on the characters and in the movie, but... That's just one for me, one little thing that bugs me every time I watch it. It's, it's difficult when it's your favorite movie, because like... Yeah, because there's always, you've always, you've come up with an excuse for why that doesn't bother you already, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe Axon was just dumb. Maybe he was dumb and he didn't realize <laughs> that there were 2,000 texts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe he misspoke, I don't know. <laughs> it's not really the point of the scene. <laughs> well, seeing as Ralph already mentioned it, we have a question from... Food child who says, "What are your thoughts on the show Chernobyl?" As Haven't seen mentioned. it yet. Oh. Looking forward to it. It's cool. like the top-rated IMDb People show right now. People guess you would give it a six out of ten, Adam. That's every... I think you'll give it a seven. Yeah, the the the, the subreddit seems to think I'm going to give it a six. <laughs> I just I don't think know. that's funny. It is funny. Yeah. It's, it's just a meme. I mean, at this point, if you're going to guess any number that I'm going to give a film, you might as well guess six, and you'll you'll be right. A few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the series was great. You watched the whole thing? Yeah, I thought it was very so. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw it. I watched it all over the course of a couple of days. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I watched it all one day. I was out of town. <laughs> I've been catching yeah, up. Yeah, I don't things. know how historically accurate it was, um, particularly. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's accurate enough to be realistic in that you're always invested in the story. You're not distracted yeah. by, like, um, like the nuclear reactor doesn't really work like that in real life. All of that stuff is accurate. The events are accurate. Yeah. It's just where the characters were and like all of them meet up with each other at some point. It's like, yeah, that probably didn't happen. It has a yeah. dramatic purpose and that's the goal of the show, right? So, mm-hmm. And also the amount of facts they were able to uncover is pretty impressive because mm-hmm. there's the, one of the main characters in the show was a guy that the Russians tried to erase from history, basically. Oh. The Soviet Union tried to erase and they managed to find his, you know, work that he did and uh, act it out mm-hmm. in the show. Well, it's and a fascinating story, yeah. Like the, it, it almost is. feels like a documentary at points. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's very informative, despite the like dramatic nature of it. Mm-hmm. That's probably the yeah. best thing about it to me. You feel, you do feel like you have a, sort of a basic understanding of the whole event after the. What was it? It's only five episodes or, sh- or so, isn't it? Right, five episodes, an hour each. Yeah. So you get a good sort of overall look at kind of where it went wrong and what happened and the effects it had. Yeah, how they solved it. Yeah. That was the more interesting part because the, the first episode is just the disaster. But the aftermath of it, one, having to figure out what happened because something like that never happened before. And two, mm-hmm. them trying to prevent it in the future. And, and you know, that all that was fascinating. That was way more fascinating, I thought, than the disaster itself. Yeah, it's always the reaction that's the interesting part. Yeah. As someone who hasn't seen the show yet, the most fascinating aspect for me is that the series creator is the writer of Identity Thief, 
starring Melissa McCarthy yeah. and Jason yeah. Bateman. <laughs> that is weird. bizarre. Because yeah. that doesn't show at all. Like, you would never guess. No. There are no signs yeah. of Well, I guess with those like movies, too, IMDb like, with these fucking comedies, like they write a script and they buy the script from this guy and the actors basically improvise everything. Mm -hmm. So they're working with, like, the framework of what he wrote, but I bet Identity Thief's script is very different than the movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> that a fair assumption. Because you got Melissa McCarthy fucking talking and waving her hands around, Jason Bateman acting all like the straight man, like he usually does. It's also a matter of, like, what you're hired to do, right? Sometimes yeah. you're, you've got a script and you're essentially... Like, he was writing for Todd Phillips for The Hangover 2 and 3, right? So, mm -hmm. like, when you're going on to that project, it's like, what are you... What are you writing? You're not going to make a Chernobyl out of it. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. you're going to make a Hangover movie. So it depends on yeah, like the goal. Hangover 2 is about as funny as Chernobyl. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I mean. Funnier. Like he's better at writing something like this than a comedy. <laughs> it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Craig Mason. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Did you have anything else to say about the show? Yeah, it's not like the next coming of Christ. Like this always happens. It's that it's that Reddit effect. Like whenever mm -hmm. something new comes out that's quite good on Reddit, it's like this is literally the best thing ever made <laughs> yeah. in history up until this point. Yeah. And so what? Yeah. It's just a it's just a good solid like historical drama. It's not mm -hmm. like Very redefining tasteful. anything. Yeah. Yeah, and, and captures the uh, the uh, events really well. The use of sound and the music is fantastic. Great like, performances. It's just pretty yeah. bang on everything. It's just on point. All the time, we're constantly seeing over glorification of really passable, <laughs> you know, but not not like super yeah. risk taking, not super out there sort of things, you know. So. It's just mm -hmm. obviously more people are going to be talking about how much they liked it if it's a, a piece of media that can appeal to more people. Yeah. But I haven't seen it yet. And it was also after Game it. of Thrones, which was awful. I guess because <laughs> so they're both on people, HBO or something. Yeah. So people like, yeah, they were like, oh, let's watch Chernobyl, which is on the same thing. And it turned out <laughs> to be excellent. So. Right. Yeah, I'd recommend it for sure. I'll watch it yeah, at some should. point. Okay. Next. Well, we got an interesting question. <laughs> we got an interesting question from Luca Tostai. <laughs> nice. What are your thoughts on procrastination? As creators, how do you fight it? Any advice or particular routines that help you focus on your work? I think I'll answer that one later. <laughs> I'll think about it. I'll answer it tomorrow. In the comment, Adam, they're apologizing to you specifically. Oh. Because they never posted some interview you did with Isabel Huppert two years ago that you wrote questions for or something? Oh, I didn't do that with her. But they, they, they probably posted on my subreddit saying, hey, I'm going to interview Isabel Hubert. Right. And then asked, hey, but what should I they, ask her? <laughs> yeah, I just... They ended up procrastinating until they forgot about it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, well, it's okay. No worries. <laughs> uh, I appreciate your apology. I wasn't like, you know... Just, kicking myself every day like where, where's that fucking interview <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i mean progress pro pro procrastination is a thing but you have to like i don't know i've always found myself to be a person that um is pretty uh motivated? what's the word yeah i guess like, motivated i have good like discipline you know if i see if i right. see dishes in the sink i'm gonna be like oh fuck it it's just gonna take like 10 minutes 
you know, and I'll just do it. I'm not going to let them pile right. up forever. Unfortunately, I just have so many things that I'm doing that it's, you know, it things wind up taking a long time because I'm just tackling so many different things at once. But some sometimes I'll be like, okay, this project needs to happen later. And it's not necessarily procrastination because I'm working on something else instead, right? It's not like I'm going like, ah, I'm going to play video games for a bit. You know, I never find myself mm-hmm. bored looking to kill time. I'm I'm pretty much just... I enjoy creating things, so it's, I don't know, it doesn't, like, yeah, it feels like work, but it's not, I don't really do anything else. I would say you just got to have a schedule. Yeah. You got to divide up your work into little bits and say, well, because you don't, you can't just do, I'm going to have a review done on uh, June 20th. (laughs) You can't say that. I'll watch the movie on this date and then write something by this date and then record by this date. And just like divide it up goal. like that. S- set these little deadlines for yourself yeah. that you have to meet in order to be productive. And, commit and to then them. if you do that, that's what I've always done. This works just fine. Yeah. And it's also a matter of like how how important is this to you, right? If it's not very important, then it doesn't really matter if you're procrastinating it or not, right? You can just never do it if it's <laughs> yeah, not important to you. But if it is important mm-hmm. to you, then you have to actually be able to say like, hey, this matters and do it. If you've agreed to do it and you have a responsibility to do it, then you have to and just divide that workload up amongst some time. Give yourself some time to do it. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, take a break, give yourself a change of scenery, but make sure that you're always making up for it and getting back to what you want to do. If that's what you want to do, like you have to want it. Well, yeah, that's the thing I I struggle with the most is that you said um, if you if if like a video is required of you like say you're doing a collab with someone and there is a concrete date you have to get it done by that is like a the best motivation cuz mm-hmm. you don't want to let someone down there's an but the weird thing about yeah the weird thing about what we do is that i guess the subscribers or the people that want to yeah. watch they're the people you're supposed to be kind of appeasing i mean yeah. it's a weird thing that you it also depends on like the videos you make like if it is just like pure facts or information i suppose the process is probably quite different because you can get it down into more of a like weekly routine that you can just kind of stick to perfectly um it does fluctuate though and you have to be willing to kind of try different things and like i'll have like a week where i'm like doing way less but then the next week i'll be like so ridiculously busy um like every hour of every day like it's it's never the same um but there are little tricks um, that help certain people. Like, for example, quite a good one I heard was that, and specifically for like self-employed people who spend a lot of time like in their own home, um, it can help if, like, when you get up in the morning and after you've showered and had breakfast or whatever, if you just put your shoes on, and if you keep them on until like the end of what your equivalent of the workday would be, so say five p.m. or whatever, and then you take them off, it can be sort of a you can change your mindset into being like a relaxed kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, like a routine. In the same way, yeah. Or you can just like, get well dressed. Like if you're gonna stay in the house all day and work, fucking dress well. Don't no. like walk around in your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's the hardest thing to me. Though go out and get something to you know something to eat. I wear I wear pajama pants like every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. What uh, am I doing? I'm sitting in front of a microphone and then watching movies sometimes. Like, Yeah, some days. If I go outside, days, obviously okay. I put real pants on. But yeah. I'm just going to wear what's comfortable. 
I'm not dressing up for anybody. Yeah. But being just well-dressed allows you to work at home, and then you can step out for an hour and then come back and, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's Again, it keeps you in that work mindset as opposed to, oh, I'm at home in my leisure mode. I've never felt that way, but no? I'm sure okay. that could work for some people. Yeah, it helps, it helps me. Yeah. It helps me, too. Yeah. yeah. Work, like what you were saying with the shoes. Yeah, it's weird when you work from home, though, because... The, the mindset thing where w when do you like take the shoes off and switch off um, and yeah. not just completely obsess and be a workaholic because you're oh. just going <laughs> to drive yourself in insane. Yeah. You can't do it forever is the point. <laughs> yeah. That's my fear. Like is like burning out by a certain yeah. age and then just being like, I've gone done it now. Should have taken a, should have taken a break here and there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Work hard, play you hard. Give yourself breaks. There's also yeah. places in what well, where I am, LA, where you can work in a building with other people yeah. in an office environment, but you're yeah, just doing those. your own work, and so is everyone else. Oh, like, right. You're just in That's your cool. own thing, yeah. And you can like talk with them and get coffee and whatever, but and yeah, at the end of the day, you're doing the same shit. Yeah. That's probably quite a healthy way to do it, to be honest. Yeah, it probably is. You're separating work and like your life a bit. Mm -hmm. Alex, you've told me too, like getting a dog, like it's just having some Yeah, I was going to say, um, yeah. yeah, having a dog helps a lot because, mm -hmm. I mean, you have to you have to take it out every day. So that's mm -hmm. you leaving your your workspace. Yeah, and it puts you on a schedule. Getting a bit of exercise. Yeah, if and it's that, just yeah. like you work at home and you can have videos out, like whatever, whatever date, you can just stay in and then wake up two o'clock in the afternoon and like mm -hmm. your schedule will get all fucked. Whereas a dog, you have yeah. to wake up eight o'clock in the morning and walk it and then go mm -hmm. back and work maybe for a bit and feed it at 12. And yeah. It keeps you yeah, that's a good point. Active. But yeah. I'm. <laughs> I don't really feel like being responsible for another living being. Oh, yeah. You live your life yeah. however you want. That yeah. sounds it like fun to It is a huge responsibility. <laughs> it's not something yeah. I take lightly to do. I'm also not exactly. having kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, your criticisms are valid because, I mean, like I do, I just, I, I feel like a workaholic. My schedule gets messed up all the time. But we'll see. See what happens eventually. It's just there's mm -hmm. so many things I want to do. I'm working on my album. You know, I'll have to take a break if yeah. I want to go on tour or something, if that's going to happen. But we'll have to see. Oh, yeah, what, yeah, let's do that. You know, a tour is rough. That's a lot of stress. Yeah, yeah. But... Well, not that I would know, but <laughs> I mean, it's, it, that's how it seems from documentaries and interviews with people who've been on tours yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. It's just whenever yeah, there's my, like. My band is going on tour. Just feels like sometimes I'm in like constant catch up mode. And especially like I was away for like mostly three weeks and i was still working while i was gone but it's just like i can't get as much as i want to done while i'm gone and then like the entire last five days that i was gone i was just like oh fuck i want to go home you know i was just getting so mm -hmm. anxious yeah trying to keep people in the loop it? and just being like yeah i can't make as much content right now but like i'm just always so eager to get back just so i can be like okay hey i'm making people happy you know like people want to see yeah. this stuff and Trying my best. Yeah, it's an interesting challenge for sure. Mm -hmm. Everyone has to handle it their own way. One more question. Yeah. Okay, let's do one more. Let's do this rather broad one from As Gear, who says, "You often talk about how some movies have changed the way of filmmaking. For example, Jacob's Ladder and Eyes Without a Face. But do you think any movies have changed filmmaking 
for the worse, and which ones come to mind? Ooh. Well, huh. Star Wars is given that kind of designation. Yeah, Because that's is. what created the blockbuster, which is what created this whole capitalist mindset, where you got to make a billion dollars and have cinematic universes and sequels and prequels and books and uh, action figures. <laughs> you know, that changed cinema for the worse, yeah. you could say. Yeah. Even though it's not a bad movie. Jurassic Park, the same way. The way it revolutionized visual effects. And then people were like, okay, well, we could just use visual effects for everything now. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of movies fucking suck. I mean, yeah, there's... there's plenty of examples there's that shitty found footage trend that existed like 10 yeah, years ago or say, that was going to be my answer but which yeah yeah but i was going to say like it, it, i'm not sure if i could blame blair witch for it or paranormal activity because blair witch existed but yeah, there wasn't like a huge fad of it right after but as soon as paranormal mm -hmm. activity came out that's when it like exploded and everything was lazy found footage and in terms yeah. of horror movies in theaters. I, I would agree with adam i think paranormal activity is the one to blame for that yeah not Blair Witch. Right. Although Blair Witch obviously inspired paranormal activity, but <laughs> oh yeah. Whoever you want to blame. But that's like what that's what created the genre. Like, paranormal activity is what fucking like made it run into the ground. <laughs> yeah. 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 A cheap movie every year. Exactly. Like, oh, you could spend five bucks on these and make a hundred million dollars. Okay, let's just make twenty yeah. of them. Yeah. And every studio was making that. Fucking there was one in Chernobyl. <laughs> there oh, yeah. were a few in there. There were like, like sequences of found footage. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. sorry. Like oh no, I mean movies. like mo like movies set in yeah, Chernobyl. I heard about and, like, that. Yeah, supposed to be fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah, makes no sense. Yeah, that Apollo. There was a, there was movie. a really that that was a really annoying point in time for horror movies. <laughs> it was, and now we're kind of coming back. Horror movies are well, one of the best things you can see in a cinema now. Ah, uh, I, I mean, there's there's still trends now. It's just a lot of ghost shit, like Annabelle, like supernatural. Dumb. Yeah, but I would even argue a movie like it is way better than the found footage movies from. Yeah, like, but it, that it era. is the exception to the rule. It's not like a part of a trend or anything. Yeah, like even during but the found I'd say footage movies as a whole era, there were exceptions far better than that point as a whole. I don't know. There were there were great horror movies being made even in that in that window. Right? Certainly not mainstream ones that were again released in theaters and, and promoted. Like you got the witch recently, and Baba Duke, and Quiet Place, and all these things are way better than that. And you know, you even got movies like Suspiria, that stuff. That has more to do with like independent films being easier to market and distribute, like A twenty four and A two four kind of know? coming in the forefront. That's yeah. kind of what helped that too. Yeah, exactly. A twenty four is responsible for a lot of good horror movies. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of great also. recent horror movies. They're distributing mm -hmm. the lighthouse. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. I mean, it follows, too. was another yeah. great one. And then at that time, you just got found footage garbage. <laughs> that was basically everything. <laughs> yeah. With some exceptions. Yeah, I'm sure there's other um, examples of... I'm trying to think of any big, like, trends aside from, like, cinematic universes and, like, horror things. I can't um, really think of any. Well, I mean, we could point out the trend of, like, nostalgia cash grab like reboots name recognition and, but who do yeah. you blame for that yeah exactly i can't think of a culprit really yeah other than just disney right now but <laughs> i mean like is there yeah. a single film <laughs> i'm not sure i would kind of blame the transformers movies because they were kind of the first movies to pander to china that yeah. i noticed oh, yeah. anyway 
That's a good. Where that's they a start no. to it's like, just crazy just now. Like, yeah, oh, that's a great we, answer. We threw this in for the Chinese market, right? And not because it made sense for the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Change your focus. It's not America mm-hmm. that you're trying to make the movies for anymore. What about like true life movies, like movies that claim to be based on real life events? Could you say <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a trend? I don't know who you'd blame for that though. Again. Yeah. There's a lot of bad trends. The Christian <laughs> movies, like The God's Not Dead, and all yeah. that yeah. crap. <laughs> That's fucking awful. Yeah. Not to insult anyone's religion or religious belief. It, those are just bad movies and really yeah. pandering and stupid. Yeah, I'm sure you get plenty of those in the States. <laughs> yeah, oh, fuck. That's come. where they make they all their money. They do very well. They, like, they barely well. release here. You never see posters or yeah. trailers or anything. It's like maybe you one theater playing You never hear about them here it. either, at least I don't. Because oh. it's, like, where I'm from, I guess. Yeah. The area I live in. But, like, these movies you see on the box office, it's, like, they make... They're, like, number two in the box office. You're, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It's some Christian movie about how, like, the Heaven kid is died for and real. then he saw Jesus and he yeah. came back yeah. to life or something. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of. Heaven is for real. Yeah, it's so stupid. Well, at that point, it's, like, less about the movie. And parents are just <laughs> taking their children, like, see, this is... This is, this is about Jesus, and so... <laughs> yeah, it's good for you. See, heaven is for real. This little boy said so. <laughs> <laughs> you saw it. <laughs> they need to make a ghosts are for real. <laughs> All, right. All right. I guess is that that's the question. Yeah, there's some good ones in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. I guess it's time for Alex to recommend a movie. It's my turn, is it? Just want to double check. Yes. Yep, mm-hmm. me? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> I have a movie that is um, we've probably all seen before, but I'd quite like to discuss because awesome. I think it's the most um, interesting one to talk about in this series of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about Alien Cubed. Oh, <laughs> nice. David Fincher's Alien awesome. Cubed. I think it's, is it Alien 3 or Alien Cubed? I don't know. Um, it's three. Alien 3, but the 3 is Look little. Look at where they put it there on IMDb. Okay. <laughs> which, but, um, which, uh... this, is, this is another one of those movies you need to mention. I was going um, yeah. That's kind of infamous for its different cuts and things. Exactly. Um, I would like to talk about the assembly cut, if we could. There's it's included on most cut? like editions. Yeah. So okay. there's, there's the original theatrical cut. Um, and then in 2003, they released the assembly cut, which uh, has slightly more footage, and it's supposed to be slightly more as David Fincher envisioned. Oh, okay, it so like or that would like be that. the director's cut, basically. Yeah, but I don't think okay. he actually had any involvement with it, so they're not allowed to call it that. Okay, because <laughs> he, he hates the film. Let's see. I I checked on iTunes, at least in the UK earlier. Um. If you buy it, it comes with both editions of the movie, so the original and the assembly. So I assume right. it's that way for the Blu-ray or whatever yeah, else. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to see if it's on this Blu-ray. I'm looking at it right now, and yeah. I, it I does not it. does not really say if it's the assembly cut. Oh wait. I had to look like in the extras, like features, um, and the iTunes like listing. So. Okay. Yeah. This is a. Uh... This is listed as the theatrical version, so I'll probably just get it on iTunes. Right, yeah. Awesome. I think that'll be an interesting one. Sweet. That's a good pick. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, me neither. And I'm also much more familiar with like the first two Alien movies than I am with the third one. I think I only saw the yeah, third one exactly. once a long time ago. Yeah. No, I'm the same. All right. So if you don't want to get spoiled 
for Alien 3, directed by David Fincher. Watch it before the next episode. You got two weeks. Chop, chop. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sardonicast. If you want to support the show, Sardonicast.com. <laughs> Sign up for premium. It's $2 <laughs> a month. You get these episodes early when they're edited. Uh, also, patreon.com slash Sardonicast. Also, we have links for merch in the video description. Um, thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I, thanks I, I barely slept. I really wanted to sleep. Yeah, no, it just didn't happen. I gotta get back to moving my stuff in. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, have yeah, fun we're with all that. tired and busy. Thank yeah. you, everybody. Yeah, Bye-bye. Thank you for thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.